This is Small Talk with 101 ESPN's Michelle Smallman. Hey, what's up? Welcome into episode 97 of Small Talk. I'm your host, Michelle Smallman. Our other host, Steve Cerruti, is here. Cerruti, what's good? Chilling, you know, just uh, same old, fired up. As I said, soccer's back, so your boy's in a, in a much better mood than he was, you know, early quarantine. Nice. I mean, there's games every day, so fired up about that. And then I'm also fired up to talk about my boy, Jay Cutler, who's back in the news. Okay, two things here. One, we're going to get to Jay Cutler in a second. Two is the reason soccer is back while you're asking me to tape the pod at specific times every day? Uh, yes. Okay, good. Um, noted, yes. noted. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to go into any more detail, but yes, accurate and guilty, and I'm not ashamed. It is what it is. Listen, we have <laughs> stuff to watch for the first time ever. Like, I'm, I'm not mad at it. my day around it. I am not mad at it in any way. You're going to get the same from me when hockey and baseball returns. But I was kind of curious when you would say, hey, any chance we could do it after 3 p.m. my time? I'm like, is that for soccer? So I'm glad we worked that out. Yeah. Yeah, we had had an Everton game going on. We're taping this on a Thursday. I'm missing part of the Roma match. And I'm also missing some of Liverpool, who are the champions now. So it doesn't really matter against Manchester City. So my dedication to the pod, I mean... I'm willing to forego some bigger games because of the pod, but if it, you know if we can, you know I'll try to adjust my schedule around it. Well, how are you going to feel now when you need to work at least three baseball games into your soccer schedule? I have no idea how that's going to work because one, they're at night, and nighttime has been our like Netflix time for my wife and I, Ooh. and so we've been watching. We just watched Queer Eye. What we, we've watched a bunch of different shows, movies, things like that. So I haven't even told Maddie yet that we're, I got to start, you know, mixing some baseball in the equation. I can't imagine she's going to be super pumped about it. And then my other thing is my biggest concern about me putting on baseball is I'm going to just go in and out of even watching it. I feel like I'm going to be on my phone the whole time and not actually even watching the games. You know, amount of time spent on my phone is going to skyrocket for however long I'm doing this. No, because we will be live streaming it together. Remember, we're going to figure out a way to watch together. And I'm going to make you do a St. Jetersburg thing just to really make it very baseball centric and put your phone in a basket. So unless you need to tweet something baseball related, which I will totally allow, but you're going to put your phone in a basket and you're going to have to lock in and watch three baseball games. Steve, that's it. I'm only asking for three baseball games. Okay, but here's the thing. What percentage of baseball games are people actually watching the game action? It can't be that high. Baseball is the ultimate background sport. Baseball is the ultimate, like, you put it on, you talk about Netflix and chill. Like, you know how there are, like, shows you just put on when you're, like, having sex in the background and it's just supposed to be background noise? That's what baseball is to everyday life. You're telling me that you would put baseball on in the background to get busy? I mean, I'm not saying I wouldn't do it. Um, <laughs> listen, if I, if baseball was on, I'd be more likely to have sex. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I don't want to watch. I don't want to watch baseball. Well, can I just but please, I like please you- ask you, Steve, to not do that when we're live streaming? <laughs> I can't listen. I can't make any promises, but it's, it depends how bored I get. I you know, know what? Take it or leave it, Steve. Baseball is the new erotica. 2020 baseball's erotica. I mean, listen. You know, I'm right though. When you put on a baseball game, you're going to sit here and tell me that you watched every pitch very closely or are you around the house doing errands you know folding some laundry maybe prepping dinner like you're not always 100% locked into the baseball game as you are compared to other sports like football soccer whatever that's just the nature of the sport no see I am way more likely to hook up during an NFL game because there's only like what actually 11 minutes of action in an actual NFL broadcast period let alone how many big plays really happen per game. Now, I'm not talking Rams, Chiefs, that Monday night football shootout. In a typical NFL game, what is there? Maybe three to six big plays if you're lucky? 
I'm looking this up right now because I feel like somebody has definitely tracked this before. All right, yeah, how much live action occurs in each sport? Okay, baseball, this is for a 2013 Wall Street Journal study. So, I mean, there could be a newer one, but this is the one I have. 17 minutes and 58 seconds of total action in a baseball game. Okay. In football, you're right, 11 minutes of action. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> That's crazy. Hockey's high. Soccer's high. Yeah, hockey. Please, you can um, never hook up during a hockey just game. Basketball and football, there's a lot of free time. I'm telling you, in football, it's like snap, play, down, shot of the sideline, commercial break. That's literally what it is. The commercial time yeah. alone, you could just be like, hey. I mean, you could miss an entire quarter of a football game and you've missed nothing, essentially. I mean, you could say that about baseball, too, though. You could miss... I don't know, the first seven innings. And if you watch the last two, then you probably figure it out, right? I yeah, don't know. but in the NFL, what am I really missing? Like, oh, sick block by the offensive lineman, where in baseball you could miss, well, like, a really what? nasty double play or an amazing pitch. You could miss something great that you're going to see actually during the game, whereas in the NFL you're like, mm, whatever. Great uh, coverage by the safety. The grind here. Let's what? not pretend that Michelle's not biased towards one sport versus the other. Mrs. Rams picking up and moving. Um, but I, listen, I'm not going to disagree with you. Yeah, there's a lot of meaningless things in football. I mean, there's a 40-second play clock where you're literally not doing anything for like 38 seconds. I've always wondered this then because I don't even think football is – and this is back-to-back pause. We're doing heavy sports talk. Whoa, yeah, what is happening right now? Back. You know what? Sports um, is coming back, so we are ready. But I've always wondered why football – is this sport that casual, not even casual fans, loose sports fans gravitate the most to? Oh, come on, you know. I actually don't think football is that great of a sport. I think it's, is it the violence? Is it that it's just kind of easy to follow along with? Is it fantasy football? Why is it that a girl is more likely, like, with her boyfriend to watch a sport, like, to watch football than she is to watch another sport? Because it does feel like that is sort of the case. Football has become the America's pastime as much as baseball fans don't want to admit it. Oh, no, I think most baseball fans would readily admit that football is America's pastime. I mean, it is just plainly obvious that baseball has taken a backseat and maybe even a back backseat. Baseball is kind of sitting in that really uncomfortable, crammed third backseat of the SUV. You know what I'm talking about? Like the extra backseat? The third row? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Baseball's in the third row. Higher than your head? Yeah, come on. Even a baseball lover like me admits we're back in the third row, and that is not a place you want to be on a road trip. But you just nailed it. The NFL has violence. It has star power. And most importantly, it has gambling. And when you think about the casual fan, it's so easy to watch an NFL game. If the quarterback throws an amazing laser throw and a wide receiver catches it, you can immediately say, that was exciting. That was fun to watch. And you don't need to know anything about scheme. You don't need to know anything about the draft. Nothing except for, hey, I just saw that. It was exciting. And more importantly, the most important thing about the NFL I think is that there's only one game a week for your team. So you have an entire yeah. week of anticipation, an entire week of storylines leading up to that one game. It's not a commitment. It's literally three hours of your week on a day when you don't have to go to work, most likely. And it's something fun that you can put in your schedule. Whereas baseball, you're like, oh, my God, we have how many games this week? Forget it. That's a great point by you. The event nature of every Sunday or Thursday or Monday. The, what was that concussion movie? Where, you know, they were joking. It was like Will Ferrell. Not Will Ferrell. Wow, that would have been hilarious. Will Smith <laughs> was like, you know, they own a day of the week. Everyone's like, wow, that's supposed to be a really powerful line. But it's actually kind of true. You bring up another interesting point. Do you think that if someone who knew nothing about sports, nothing, you take the nerdiest of nerd dudes of all time, who's mm-hmm. like playing Dungeons and Dragons in his mom's basement. Right. If that guy watched baseball, football, basketball, hockey, soccer, which sports do you think is the easiest to just get right away? 
I would say because I don't think it's football. I was, was going to say basketball. Yeah, I, I think it's probably basketball. I mean, soccer is really simple. I mean, it's pretty straightforward. Yeah, I mean, you kick it, you run, you pass it, you score. I mean, hockey, bas- hockey, soccer, basketball, all pretty straightforward. I would say that, you know, baseball is probably in the next tier, and I would say football is the most complicated of all of them. Football has more freaking rules, and none of them make any sense. We still don't know what a catch is. No, we've like, no You idea. still can't hit people hard enough, can't, like, use your whole weight to fall on somebody. The fumble rule is the total joke. There's so many rules in football. There's a flag every other play that if I'm watching that, I would drive myself insane trying to figure that out if I really didn't know anything that was going on. But I think if you're casually watching it, you're not trying to pick up on stuff like that. You're just trying to say, oh, okay. You yell. Yeah. You're, you know, let's say you're watching the Seahawks, right? Who do you really care about? Russell Wilson. If you're a casual fan, you're looking at the one to three players that you know, and you're watching to see what they do. I mean, think about it. If you're a casual fan, are you even really paying attention when your team's defense is out there? Probably not. You know? <laughs> no, unless you have their defense in fantasy. Exactly. I mean, if you're a sports fan and you're watching football, of course, a lot of great things happen on defense. I'm talking about the straight up I don't know anything about this sport, but I'm sitting here because it's Super Bowl Sunday and I want to watch the halftime show, Casual Fan. You know when a touchdown happens that it's exciting. You know if a wide receiver makes a dramatic catch that it's exciting. And you don't have to be that locked in to get into the vibe of it. Whereas while I think the premise of hockey is easy, the intricacies of hockey are difficult. And hockey is such a fast sport. I mean, think about how quick shifts are in hockey. Players aren't even on the ice that long before there's another shift happening. You know what I mean? So with hockey, while it's more fast-paced, and if you watch a game, you're more likely to be hooked by the speed of the game, actually kind of understanding what's going on might be more difficult. I think soccer is probably the most basic of them all, right? Soccer or basketball. And even those, if you really want to understand what's going on, that takes time. But just, the, oh, the guy's trying to get the ball in the net or the guy's trying to get the ball in the hoop. It's so straightforward. Whereas if I was to watch football, I'd be like, why did they just back them up 10 yards because that guy <laughs> held someone else? Like, what does that mean? What is they, what's happening right now? I right. don't understand. <laughs> Wait, unnecessary roughness. This guy just tackled a person and tackled football and it's a 15-yard penalty? What's happening right now? For me, football I struggle, especially on a Sunday. I need red zone. If I don't have red zone, watching one game, mm, not for me. So you don't even watch a game? You just watch red zone? Yeah. Oh, my. Well, I mean, listen, I watch Sunday night football. I watch Monday night football. The Monday night football games have been terrible very recently. The schedule is always awful. Um, thir- we know how bad Thursday night football is. If you want to watch a Bucks Titans game or a Jags Titans game, I mean, there's plenty of those on Thursday night football. Actually, this year, for me most nights. this year, a Bucks Titans game would be lit. <laughs> Must see TV, actually. <laughs> Bad example. But yeah, Brady on the Bucks. I should say the Bucks should not be a part of this. Uh, give me Jags versus, I don't know. The Rams. Uh, Cardinals. I don't know. Yeah. Any, anybody. But um, so, yes, I get that. I'll watch that. But if it's Sunday and there's a bunch of games going on, I have to be watching Red Zone or else I'm not doing it right. That's the way you're supposed to watch football now. Well, to just put a bow on this, I'm very excited for you to watch baseball because I think that you (laughs) may come to appreciate baseball again, Steve. I think that you, you know, after having, let's just say, a prolonged absence from baseball, when you're tuned in to now, I, okay, how about this? I'm going to bet you that by the third baseball game that you watch, you're going to like it much better than the first game. I can already tell you I don't think that that's true. I do, because you're going to be watching one team, and you're going to know the storylines, and you're going to be like, wow, this Cardinals team is fun. I actually might watch a fourth game, even though I'm not required to. (laughs) 
I can guarantee you there will not be any extracurricular activity for your boy watching baseball. It'll be whatever the assignment is, and that is the bare minimum I'll be doing. It's like me in high school. Yeah, the only extracurricular activity will be happening in the bed. Am I right? What's up, NBD? (laughs) Speaking of football, let's do this, because I've wanted to ask you about this. This has been going on for over a week now. Oh, wow. And we haven't even actually talked about this until, like, right before the show, and you don't even know much about it. No. And that is Jay Cutler's soiree into the Instagram story and storytelling in general. Wait, hold on, hold on. You mean foray, not soiree? Soiree. (laughs) We know, foray. Soiree is a party. (laughs) Into, yeah, it's not his soiree. God damn it. That would not be very COVID and social distancing with him. And he does seem to be taking that very seriously, true story. Because he's hanging out with chickens, basically, at his ranch in Nashville. And this is taken, I don't even know if it's the sports world by storm or the pop culture celebrities world by storm. But you haven't seen anything that's been going on with his Instagram? So I follow him on Instagram and I have seen some posts about chickens, but I didn't. I think I missed the first part of this and it's kind of like a show. You don't want to pop in mid-season. So I've kind of just been ignoring it because I don't really know what's going on. But I have, of course, seen some of the posts. Okay, for those of you that don't know, basically he owns a bunch of chickens. I think they have a whole farm of a bunch of different animals. Um, and I think he's living at the home that he and Kristen Cavalry bought on the show. I don't know if you've been keeping up, but I think he's now still living there. Like he has that house. So I guess one night, one of his chickens, or maybe multiple of his chickens, were, like, killed and eaten by something. Oh, my God. So he made it like, his personal mission and was documenting night by night who he thought was the, um, not person, but animal, whatever, that Culprit. was responsible for this, for what was going on here. The murder? And he's, like, documented this in like, an incredible, almost documentary-type story where I'm like, Jay Cutler is, like, an elite storyteller on Instagram, and he's only been on Instagram for a little bit. I didn't even know he was running the If Jay Had Instagram account because I remember back in the day, everyone was saying that Kristen Cavalier was the one that was actually behind the account. So Jay has now become this massive Instagram celebrity because he was playing detective and trying to be Sherlock Holmes to who was killing his chickens. So did we find out who the chicken murderer was? I think it ended up being a raccoon. What? Because mul- so for, for multiple nights, he literally was Instagram story, him in this treehouse with night vision goggles on, and he was staking out the prey. And... It was insane. And he didn't catch it for like multiple nights. He was leaving raw chicken out there with cameras that were like, you know, uh, motion sensitive to try to figure out what these things were. And for a couple of nights, he got nothing. and He was getting really frustrated about it. And I think ultimately he did find out that it was somehow a raccoon that killed a chicken, which I didn't even know was possible. I would think a chicken would whoop a raccoon's ass. A fighting chicken, yeah. But I, I mean, mean, a beak? You got claws? What? Come on. Think about a chicken. All you need is that beak in your throat once and you're dead. Are chickens deadly? I don't know if that's a thing. I I feel like, I mean, fighting chickens, yeah, like a gamecock, I guess, would be, I don't know. I've never seen a gamecock fight a human or another animal. I've just seen them fight each other. But I don't know. Whereas I think raccoons, I mean, I think he thought it might have been a bear or a coyote or a wolf or something, obviously, because he kind of lives like in the country of Tennessee, a little bit further out of Nashville. And yeah, it turns out it was a raccoon. Well... A quick Google search proves that I am a dumbass because allegedly raccoons can devastate entire flocks of chickens. See, that is surprising to me because I, I was under the assumption that raccoons exclusively eat trash. So I don't I don't know. Right. I didn't know they actually hunted for food. You know what? I feel like I need to know more about raccoons because, yeah, I thought they were kind of friendly, kind of overweight, like a husky raccoon just rummaging through your trash. Uh, 
I didn't realize that they were murderers. And when I see a raccoon from now on, I'm definitely not going to just be like, oh, cute raccoon. Yeah, they're not really cute. They kind of look dirty, to be honest with you. They don't, they don't look nice at all. Well, um, I'm so anti-possums. Remember I talked about the po- about how anti-possum yes. I was one time and got death threats from the pro-possum people. So let's not go there. <laughs> but I feel like because I'm so anti-possum uh, that I was more... people are like the Ohio State football. Oh, fans. my God. They're just like very hostile. They are the possum people, okay? They are the worst. I literally said on the radio one time to remind people of what actually happened. Hey, I want to take my trash out. I opened up the lid on the dumpster and there was a possum sitting there looking at me and it had a devil face and a disgusting tail. And honestly, it looked like the spawn of Satan and I hate possums. And I got the meanest emails being like, hey, actually like, l- like learn something about the ecosystem, bitch. Actually, opossums are amazing. <laughs> and how dare you? Actually, they're friendly creatures and people hated me because I ripped pot. And I also think, why is your name Opossum? Or why is it spelled Opossum if we say Opossum? Do we need the silent O? I don't think so. Well, in the possum's defense, I'm sure that they, they weren't the ones that gave themselves the name. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to knock them for that. But, yeah, good point. Good point. Um, yeah. So I can't, I can't necessarily knock it for that, but I will right. say a possum raccoon. Now that you think about it, I don't know. They look very similar to me. I'm, I'm not a nature guy. I couldn't tell you what the differences are between them. I think the raccoons have the crazy eyes and po- possums play dead. That's really the only thing I could tell you about either of them. No. So raccoons are more furry. Okay. Possums have these satanic teeth that come out in a very disgusting tail. Very disgusting tail. Now, a raccoon... By disgusting, like, what do you mean? Like, slimy? I'm confused. Yeah, Steve, it's like... Okay. Oh, my God. Are I you looking it up? I a picture of a possum, and you're right. So how would you describe the tail? It's skinny. Okay, not skinny as in size, but it looks like it's skin. It looks like a rat tail. It almost looks as if it was skin, but that's a long rat tail, and it has a long nose and these satanic teeth, whereas a raccoon has kind of a bushy tail, a striped tail, and I would say the face of a raccoon generally looks friendly. You know, it's got some pattern play there, kind of uh, fluffy cheeks. Now, I do see on my Google images that raccoons, when they get angry, also have kind of ferocious teeth, but they're not as sharp. It doesn't look like they're as devil-like. But I don't know. Allegedly, we have it all wrong, and possums are more friendly beasts, while raccoons, I guess, are lying in wait and they're murdering chickens. So what do I know about nature? Uh, That was the most Midwest segment of the pod we've ever done, breaking down possoms versus raccoons but wait do they not have those in the uh, northeast do you not have possums up no, in connecticut they do, but i feel like people are more passionate about wildlife in the midwest than they are in the northeast for sure although maybe once you get up into maine maybe that's not maybe if they're more like your midwestern folk but and the, for the most part i would assume that people in the midwest know more about possums and raccoons maybe that's me stereotyping i don't know i was gonna say it seems like an unfair generalization steve but whatever <laughs> But let me get back to this, because Cutler, the, the thing I want to ask you about Jay Cutler is he is so much more likable. And I just think people want to be friends with him and want to be associated with him so much more now than when he was actually playing football, the thing that he's actually famous for. And he, it's almost like he has an A-Rod thing where people didn't like him when he was a player or he was very divisive when he was a player. And now all of a sudden he's like universally loved by everyone. Yeah, because his attitude 
on the football field is not what you want out of your franchise quarterback. You don't want an apathetic, kind of like, meh, whatever, sarcastic dude as your franchise quarterback, especially when you're not winning Super Bowls. You want him to come out there and be fiery and say all the right things and say, I love this city and I love this team and I will play through a broken leg and whatever you need to secure the victory. You don't want the guy who's like, mm, might have a, like a slight meniscus tear. I'm going to ride on this bike and not really care as your franchise quarterback. Whereas as a dude who's dating this girl, well, I guess divorcing, you know, RIP, their, their marriage, but who's this beautiful reality star who also kind of seems a little uptight and kind of annoying for him to call her out and be the apathetic kind of, I don't really care, I'm going to do whatever I want guy. That's a guy you want to be friends with in real life. He's not the guy you want leading your football team. Or at least, it, I'm sure the guys on the team liked him, but he's just, as a fan, not what you want to see every day. Yeah, it's like, oh, pick six, hands up, sucks, no big deal. Just gonna go back to my smoking hot wife. Um, right, and like the where it's first... like, we should like that, though. In theory, we should like that. We should want, imagine how sick it would be if Tom Brady was like, yeah, I went to Tampa Bay and it sucked, but I'm winning every night, I'm going home to Giselle. We would think that was cool. <laughs> We would, but that's because he already has built up equity as a cool guy. Was I don't think Jay Cutler was. And here's the other thing about Jay Cutler is, I don't think you would ever describe Jay Cutler during his playing days. Now, get granted, he's a professional athlete, the quarterback of the Chicago Bears, one of the most prestigious franchises in the history of football, of sports. Period. He is the quarterback of this team, and I don't think anyone would have told you that Jay Cutler was cool. Now, all of a sudden. He has this second act in life where I, he's hotter now. I mean, I don't think it's even a doubt. The guy's way hotter. Way hotter. His, his unbelievable hair. His tea situation is good. Totally he's hot. A good looking, a really good looking dude. And you would have never said that about him when he was playing. And I just, I don't know what, how this has all happened. Like, it all, it's all happened so fast for me. Can I give you a take it or leave it? Yeah. Jay Cutler would have been more likable had he not played for the Bears. Because the Bears are Chicago tough. It's cold. Monsters of the Midway. They are a tough, gritty franchise. So to have a dude who's very apathetic and kind of doesn't buy into the narrative that you want him to buy into doesn't play in Chicago. Had Jay Cutler played in a place like maybe Miami or perhaps... Even Baltimore, where a guy like Joe Flacco, who wasn't exactly everything you ever wanted, was successful enough there. I just wonder if he was in a different market, Arizona, perhaps, would he have played differently? Um, I don't even know. I don't know if he would have played differently. I think one of the things that I love about Cutler is he just doesn't give a shit about what anyone thinks. I mean, would he have played differently personality-wise, like to the fans, not physically on the uh, field? Let me just throw that in there. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, maybe if it was a more of an apathetic fan base, maybe if he if, say like now he was the quarterback of the L.A. Chargers or the L.A. Rams, would we be more accepting of him? I'm willing to hear that argument out. I don't know if it's necessarily true, but maybe. Um, but then I don't. It doesn't explain how all of a sudden he went from you know I don't know he was not that good looking of a dude, kind of just looked like a normal guy, right? To like this super hot guy overnight when he stopped playing football. I don't get it. Yeah, it is kind of a mystery. He had a glow up for sure. Yeah, which is weird. I mean, now you mentioned Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco had a glow up. I mean, if you ever look before and after pictures of Joe, I'm not even saying Joe Flacco's some hot dude, but like Joe Flacco when he was drafted, when he basically had a unibrow to like Joe Flacco a couple years into his career. And that happens to a lot of guys. It's funny. You look at draft pictures versus pictures of 10 years in the league, and it's like, wow, this guy got insanely hotter. How did this happen? It's the same thing as the Kardashian. 
it's called money. And like, it helps. There's no such thing as being ugly. It's just you're poor. And <laughs> I think that's probably happened with Jay Cutler a lot. I'm excited for like, the next chapter of Jay Cutler's life as a single guy now. He's clearly now super Instagram famous and has this great storytelling ability of who killed his chickens. He's super good looking. Oh, my he God. Put football behind him. I'm excited for the future of Jay Cutler. Steve, should I date Jay Cutler? I mean, I want you to date Jay Cutler just so I can hang out with Jay Cutler. <laughs> <laughs> should I date Jay just so we can get him on the pod? <laughs> First off, I think that would be weird. Like, imagine Jay Cutler as your boyfriend coming out as a guest on the podcast. I think it would be hilarious. And we would introduce him as Michelle's boyfriend, not former quarterback <laughs> of, of the Bears. No, we would introduce him as Instagram raccoon sleuth or something very esoteric. Yeah, farmhand. Farmhand Jay Cutler, yeah. I can swoop in and date Jay. Or really, I could just befriend him so that he can come on the pod. <laughs> we had uh, Jay on Will's show. I, for, I think it was Super Bowl week or whatever a couple years ago. It was... I want to say it was when he had finished playing after the year in Miami. And Will will tell you, like, I have never been more hyped for an interview in my entire history of being a producer or working in sports radio. Never. I've never been. I've always said this about people coming through. Like, I've never been really, like, starstruck by athletes. Or I've never been like, oh, my God, look at that. That's Jerry Rice or whoever. I used to do that with rappers, like when Rick Ross came in or when Jalen Hollis came in. We've already documented all this. The only sports person that I was super excited to have on the show was Jay Cutler. By far. You know what's so funny is when I was mentioning places for him to play, I completely forgot that he played in Miami. Yeah. I mean, most people do because it was, I mean. It was like a non-entity, but still. Man. And think about this. He got paid like $16 million for one year to play quarterback in Miami. That's just unfair. If you got that check to play one year in Miami, would you care about anything either? I think I would probably be as, al <laughs> as aloof as Jay is. Yeah, I wouldn't. I mean, listen, I would throw a caution in the wind and I would just be, you know, he probably got paid. I'm trying to think. I mean, he probably won like three games with the team. The amount of money per win is insane. And I'm upset that Jay is now, I'm upset that this version of Jay Cutler is not in the NFL because I feel like it would be fun to see him go to press conferences and be this guy and see how the media would interact with it. Because everyone talks about like Cam Newton, his antics and all these other players. But Jay was just like that, but in a little bit of a different way. He was very, um, I guess, I'm. I don't know what the term necessarily is. Like, I guess the, who had mixed reviews on him as a, as a quarterback. I think there were a lot of people that really liked him and didn't like him, and a lot of people that blamed him for like the attitude of the team and things like that. But I want this version, this confident farmer version, this confident hot version of Jay Cutler being the quarterback in the NFL. I think we missed out on that. So his 2017 Miami stint, how many games do you think he played? Don't look it up. Of 16, I mean, did he play half? Yes. More than? 10. 14. Oh, wow. Okay. So he earned his money. I, I, you know, I take that back. What do you think his record was? Uh, I don't know. Three and 11. <laughs> Six and eight. Oh, okay. You know what? Better than I thought. Not as bad as we thought. Not as bad as we thought. Yeah. Anyway, big fan. Follow him on Twitter or follow him on Instagram. If Jay had Instagram, I think is his uh, Instagram title. Yeah. So should I kind of dive into this saga or is it over? Um, I think it's kind of over. He's still posting, and I haven't followed the ones today yet. But, I mean, the whole thing was like, who is the, who's the culprit? Everyone really wanted to know. It was literally like, 
you were watching a television show that was teasing night overnight. That was like a daily show. It was unbelievable. It's unlike anything I've ever seen. There were blogs written about it, about Jay. And Jay, I know Jay was doing like radio hits. I think he went out with a part of my take guys to talk about it as well. Like wow. It was like this massive thing of who was killing Jay Cutler's chickens. Where have so I, I been? I do think you missed the boat. Where have I been this past week that I was not locked into the Jay Cutler drama? I don't know. Getting too excited for baseball to turn, I guess. You know what? That's right, Steve. Players have reported back to Bush Stadium, okay? Get excited. <laughs> you, okay. This is, gonna, my this is gonna be an exercise. We need to get you a favorite player on the Cardinals. Okay. So <laughs> tell me things that you like in an athlete. And I'm gonna I'm gonna assign you uh, Jay Cutler. <laughs> <laughs> if I'm being honest, I I love Jay Cutler's attitude now. Okay. Um, I want a guy who's good but who also isn't like, obsessed and like a tryhard, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, okay, um, okay, okay. You know, I want him to be... Do you want a veteran or a to, young guy? Uh, in the middle, somewhere, like making his way. I mean, you know, uh, maybe like four or five years into his career, a little bit more. Not a rookie, not a, a guy who's like in his late 30s oh, and just holding on for a paycheck. Listen, I got the guy for you. I got it already, but keep going. I think I already have him, but keep um, going. I'm trying to think. What, what else do I like in an athlete? I want you to have some personality. I don't want you to. I don't want you to be like Russell Wilson and just tell me everything in a fake interview style and, and just be like, "Oh, everything's great, team. You know, teamwork, go Hawks," and not actually say anything interesting in an interview for your entire career. Like, I would want you to be honest with me. If the team sucks or if you're in a slump, be honest. Say you suck or say the team sucks because I think that fans really appreciate the honesty there. So I would want that. I think that probably sums it up. I don't know. Am I missing anything? No, but I think I have the guy for you. Okay. Okay. For several reasons. He's been on the team since 2013. He always had a lot of skill, but he's really refined it over the past few years so much that he's a gold glover. He has amazing uh, defense. Yeah, solid defense. He has amazing style. I'm talking he's got a great glove, great shoes. When he comes to and from the stadium, he is always dressed fresh to death. Important. Very important because I know you like that soccer flair, right? Yeah, definitely. And he's an all-around cool dude, and he's got a great personal story. I think that your new favorite player is Cardinal second baseman Colton Wong, and we call him Wonger. Wonger's like a hockey name. Yeah, Colton Wong. Colton's a cool. Colton's like a dope name. Yeah, and he's Hawaiian. Colton Wonger is a cool name. He's now, got I great think, tattoos. I, I would think of hockey player, but baseball player would be second. Um, all right, I could get down with that. I don't know anything about him other than you vouching for him, but. Maybe when I watch these games, I'll have to check out. Uh, I'll have to check out Colton, our boy Colton. How about every pod we do until we watch the Cardinals play? I will give you fun facts about Colton Long. Colton facts, love it. Colton facts. Okay, I'm writing this down. New feature: Colton facts. Can you look him up really quickly? Google him because yes. I want you to see his tats and his style. I'm gonna send you. Oh my god, I'm getting so excited. I'm gonna send you. Some defensive gems from Colton Wong. He does something almost every game that makes you say, wow, out loud. Okay. First things first. Where's his socks high? Love that. Already on board. Yes. Yes, Um, Steve. (laughs) I don't like the guys that that wear pants, that wear them like pants. Wear the baseball socks. I think it looks cool, especially if you're a second baseman. But um, already, like, great, great sign in my book. Um, Yeah, it looks – I mean, I, I don't really know the style kind of thing. He looks like he's well put together. Seems like a good dude. Um, Google the chain, which I don't really wear chains, but that's okay. But baseball players do. I mean, come on. I see one tattoo. Okay, so he's got a tattoo on his right arm. Bunch of tattoos. Yeah, he's, got, he's got a sleeve. A sleeve, yeah. Okay. 
Very cool oh, Hawaiian tats. Never had the balls to get one, so okay, cool. So he won a gold glove last year, so well-deserved, and he's got a sick new glove that you're going to love that he's going to play with this year. I mean, I'm really excited about this. I just think that you're going to love him. He has Hawaiian style stitched on the side of his glove. Is he Polynesian? Is he Hawaiian? Because he ha- the tattoo he has is the tattoo of um, of the Rocks tattoo in uh, Moana. So he's from Hawaii. Oh, Disney. He's from Hawaii. Oh, there you go. So he's literally Hawaiian. So yes. I, I mean, Hawaii. I picked them very high in my state draft. So that's obviously an added bonus. There you go. This is amazing. Oh my gosh, you're so into Colton Long, and you're so into the Cardinals. Therefore, you're so into baseball. Wow. Now this is a good call by you. I, this, is, this is a good call because I'm much more interested to now to know if this guy is worthy of me being a fanboy. I can. I'm like frantically searching my Twitter feed right now because there's this one play. Here, I'm just gonna Google Colton Wong plays. Can't be many Hawaiian baseball players. You know, I wouldn't say there's an excess of Hawaiian baseball players. <laughs> okay, I'm sending this to you. Do you have your email up? Yep. Benny Agbayani was Hawaiian? Interesting. Oh my God, this is it. Okay, I'm so excited to send this to you. You're going to be like, holy shit, this guy is awesome. Okay, sent. Please watch this play by Colton Wong. And after you watch this, you're going to be like, wow, baseball's awesome. This is what's happening in baseball. This is what I've been missing for the past few oh, years. Oh, that's right. Shane Victorino is Hawaiian. <laughs> the flying Hawaiian. <laughs> okay, watch this play. Okay. All right, I got it. Let's see here. Ooh. Oh, wow. <laughs> I told you you'd say wow. That's pretty dope. See, that's your guy. And you know what I like about him? Is he's kind of like a little dude. And, you know, I'm, I wouldn't call myself little, but... You know, I'm not. I'm five ten. I'm not a big dude, so we have a similar physique. I mean, he's definitely in better shape than I am. What well, it's okay, but I kind of like that. And I played second base when I grew up playing baseball, which I told you about last week. This is this is a good call by you. You know me too well. I do. This is just like when people come to visit St. Louis, and I curate my itinerary accordingly based on their likes. I can't just say, "Hey, Saruti." Be a Cardinals fan and you'll like it. I have to give you a hook, a reason why. And I knew that there would be a player that I could convince you to like. And guess what? In the next few weeks, you're going to get a lot of Colton Wong fun facts. And so by the time you settle in to watch game one of the Cardinals season, you're going to be like, I am wearing a Colton Wong jersey. Let's go. It's going to like, with all due respect, Colton, it's going to take a lot more than that to get me really into this. But again, I'm going with an open mind. I just heard you say, oh, wow, about a baseball play. Okay, that's a victory in my book. No, it was a nice play. It was a nice little double play, a little flick action. He actually <laughs> didn't really touch the ball, which is crazy. I know. But, uh, I mean, it had been a while since I'd seen a baseball play, so maybe I'm just amazed by watching baseball, <laughs> period. You're like, wow, bang, bang, double play. That's amazing. <laughs> oh, my God, he hit the ball. This is crazy. This is one of the 17 minutes of action. Come on. We were on such a good track. All right, well, speaking of crazy, I have to float something by you, and I need a ruling by you if I'm in the right or the wrong here, okay? Okay. Well, first of all, let me just pose a question to you. When you're driving in your car, are you a honker? Uh, rarely. Very rarely. Unless someone is an idiot. And then I feel like I have to honk. Okay. Same. I am not a honker. Even though my mom is from New Jersey and I come from a long line of very aggressive honkers, I just don't really do it. Maybe it's the Midwest in me. Maybe it's because I just don't really care. Maybe it's because I'm afraid of road rage. But I don't lay on the horn unless it's completely necessary. So I'm sitting in a light and it's a left turn lane and the person in front of me clearly on their phone, not paying attention. The arrow goes green. 
not paying attention, not paying attention. It goes to yellow. I honk on the horn to be like, hey, pay attention. We're about to miss the turn. You know, I got places to go, people to see, even though I really don't. But still, besides the point, get off your phone, right? You're not supposed to be on the phone in the car anyway. So not only does the person not make the light, they then roll down their window, hang out their car, turn around, and start screaming at me. I'm talking full arm in the air yelling at me like, don't honk at me, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, I'm trying not to swear that much today on the pod. (laughs) And so I'm sitting there being like, well, I'm not going to engage with this psychopath because clearly they were in the wrong. But then I thought, was I rude for honking? Was I actually the person that committed the foul here? Should I not have honked at them? Should I just have let the light go by? What if they were on a really important phone call or texting someone? It was like a, you know, quarantine emergency. I don't know. So I was like, I'm going to present this to Steve about honking. Here's the thing. You were 100% not in the wrong. Now, it's one of those things where like, yes, this guy could have been having a bad day. Maybe he got an unfortunate text message. Who knows? But that's not your problem. You are all on the road to go in the same direction. When the light's green, you go, period. And honestly, I would be mad if I was at a green light, didn't realize it, and someone didn't honk at me because I deserve it. Thank you. No, I am 100% on your side here. You The only thing I'm against are the people that honk when the light turns green and you don't go immediately, which is basically all, as you mentioned, of New York and New Jersey, which I've never understood. It's so stupid. No one is going to go faster because you honk the horn a second after the light turns green. It's dumb. Honk horn happy people are so annoying. I don't understand how they live their life. They have no, I mean, I don't even think I have a great patience level. Like I'm very impatient and even I don't do that. So that's insane. But you are 100% within your right to honk at someone if probably a good two, probably two full seconds have gone by and you're at a green light, you're within your right to honk. Now, you can be a dick, I guess, if you lay on the horn. Like, I usually give it a quick toot. I don't know, like, what your, how long you laid the horn on for. The only time I'll actually lay the horn on for multiple seconds is someone cuts me off on the highway. And then all bets (laughs) are off and I'm full-on Saruti road road rage mode. And it gets really ugly from there on out because I've gotten that from my father. My father has insane road rage and it's it's 100% uh, genetic. Like, I just, I've somehow been passed on this road rage that he has. But if you're at a red light, I'm sorry, if you're at a green light and that person doesn't go, You're allowed to just tap the horn. That's totally fair. I will say the horn did linger. I mean, there was a sense of urgency there, but the light had turned yellow. The arrow was yellow. Yeah. You were going to miss your opportunity. I'd be pissed about that. Yep. And if we're being completely candid, I was going to a lunch meeting and I was running a little late. It was to the point where when I was going to pull in the parking lot of the meeting, it was going to be one minute before our meeting time. So, yes, I... May have been a little on edge, but if you're first in line in the turn lane, make the turn. Pay attention. Now, so this guy gets out of the car. Explain this to me again. He gets out of the car. He did not get out of the car. And starts, I would have been so he, very he, afraid. He, he rolls him. down the window, sticks his head out the car, yes, and starts it, signaling at you. Turns around and starts yelling at me and pointing at me. He did not flip me the bird, but he was definitely angry and yelling at me. Yeah, that's the person that knows they're in the wrong and is just doubling down, just trying to be angry at you. That's a, that's a rookie move, and it's a it's a mistake. Because if you get honked at, it's totally fine. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. It just means like, the other person wants to tell you to get the lead out of your ass. But there's no reason to double down and be mad at the person that honked you, unless they're being a dick and unnecessarily holding on, hang, you know, banging on the horn for too long, which it doesn't sound like you necessarily did. And if it was turning yellow, that means you were going to literally miss the light, which we is insane. We did. We missed the light. And then I was too nervous to engage with him because, you know, people in Missouri just have guns going everywhere willy-nilly these days. So I was like, I'm trying to get murdered. 
road rage, that's a weird scenario. There are times when I'm on the highway and say somebody cuts me off, I get really offended and really pissed off. I'll lay the horn on, right? And then that person's obviously ahead of me, and I will get within inches of their bumper and just ride them for however long. Like, oh, I get really, you're really that guy? It. I'm that guy. You're yeah, bumper rider guy? My dad. Oh, yep. Steve. I, and I'm, not, I'm not ashamed of it because people you on the highway, be. like you can't, you can't dick around on the highway. That's dangerous. And so if you're going to oh, do something that's dangerous or stupid or cut me off, I'm going to be a dick about it. And you riding inches from their bumper is also not dangerous? Hypocrite? Uh, first off, never been in an accident in my life. What's up? I'm an excellent driver. Uh, shouts out to my insurance company, NBD. You've got a gem on your hands. <laughs> and so, no, I would say that I am safe in doing that. I know how to do it. I'm fine at it. And it, it kind of puts the pressure on them to be like, hey, dude, be better. Be better. You really think that that person is going to be like, wow, this excellent driver behind me, I was in the wrong and cutting him off, and now he's riding my ass, and I need to be better. You really think that that lesson gets sent to that person, that that person goes home and lays down at night, and he was like, wow, you know what? Tomorrow's a new day, and I'm going to be a better driver. You know, thanks, thanks to that guy for riding my ass for a good mile and a half. And laying on his horn because you know what? I'm going to be better today. I like to think that's true, but you know what? Great point you bring up. There's no way that's true. But I also think that if you're a bad driver, typically you're just a bad driver for life. Driving is one of those things where you either get it or you don't get it. And some people just don't get it. The people that are going to go 50 in a 65 in the left lane on a highway and refuse to, you know, basically get out of the way. And then people have to pass them on the right. I don't know who those people are. I don't know who they learned how to drive from, but they are unsavable. There's nothing that they could, they're just going to be terrible drivers for the rest of their life. There's no saving them. I'm just trying to marinate on that quickly because I think you're right. I think if you suck as a driver in high school, you're just only going to get worse. Yeah. You don't get better. It's not like your 10,000 hours thing. It's weird because there are old people who, you know, could be in their 40s and 50s that are terrible drivers that have been driving for, you know, 20 plus years and they haven't learned the intricacies of driving. If you don't learn it within the first couple of years, you're never going to learn it, period. Steve, do you think I'm a good or bad driver? I don't think, I mean, we drove obviously (laughs) a lengthy distance. I don't really remember you. I don't really remember remember anything about your driving, which tells me that you're you're okay, you're an adequate driver. I don't know, like, if you're an exceptional driver. If you were a bad driver, I would have remembered that and it would have stood out to me. My friends listening to this podcast are going to text me immediately and be like, wow, he knows nothing about you because my friends swear that I'm a bad driver. I don't think I am. I think I'm just a little eager as a driver. We'll put it that way. You know, I'm not one to slow down crazy slow to make a right hand turn. We'll just put it that way. I'm not going to gun it. But I'm also You're like hubcaps are flying off. Yeah. <laughs> like there's going to be noises made. And yeah. Tires are screeching. I'm not burning a, rubber, but I'm also not going five, if that makes sense. Maybe they're just a little bit more um, cautious drivers. I will say this. My wife gets so annoyed at me because I don't know why it is, but I become an insane backseat or passenger driver whenever I'm driving with my wife. Mm. Like whenever she doesn't go fast enough speaking of i literally audibly honk at her <laughs> if she doesn't go within the first couple of seconds and i'm actively sitting in the car i'll be like maddie go and she gets all mad at me and i i understand why it's annoying but i become this insane backseat driver when i'm driving with other people because i think when you are driving with someone else you pick up on all the negative parts uh, parts of their driving for some reason and it's easy for you to overlook all the bad parts of your driving what do you think is your biggest flaw as a driver i'm on my phone too much oh my god steve Get off your phone. Yeah, my phone. I know. I'm sorry. I know I shouldn't do it, but I do it. It's so hard not to. Like I'm picking songs or I'm switching the podcast up or if I'm checking Twitter. Yeah, no, I'm bad at it. Did I'm you just say it's, checking it's Twitter? Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. 
Steve, I cannot believe you had the audacity to shout out your insurance company saying, hey, you got a gem on your hands, and literally three minutes later admit that you're cruising social media while you're driving. Yeah. Well, let's not ignore the facts. You're like, again, never been in an accident in my life. Perfect driving record. I've only had a couple of speeding tickets, and most of them were BS uh, because I was out of state, and they were just pulling over an out-of-state driver because they knew I wouldn't challenge it. I am objectively a very good driver. But I do acknowledge that I should probably put my phone down for more. I'm, I'm on my phone too much. And I'm not saying I'm like cruising on a 20-minute drive and for 19 of those minutes I'm on, my, I'm on Twitter. I'm not. But like I'll pick up my phone, I'll scroll through it for a second, and I'll put it down. I do that too often. So I'm going to tell you something that my dad told me the first time I ever got in a car to do my um, driver's ed hours. What's that called? What's that called when you have your permit? Um, you know what I'm talking about where you're like, oh, you have to drive with yeah. a licensed driver. Whatever it's called. You have to drive with somebody else. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's probably just your hours, right? Yeah, your know. hours, whatever it's called. So my dad says to me, I'm like buckling up my seatbelt. I'm getting ready to go. I'm so amped. I'm like, yes, because I'm the youngest out of all my friends. I'm like a full year younger than my friends. So all my friends have been cruising around town for like a calendar year. And here I am yeah, being like, stuff. yeah, like, yes, now it's finally my turn. And I turn to my dad and I'm like, yes, driving time. You ready to go? And he's like, before... <laughs> Before we take off, Michelle, I need you to listen to me. And I'm like, okay, what? He's like, every time you get behind the wheel of a vehicle, it's like you have a loaded gun to your head. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? He's like, this car is a weapon. And it can not only kill you, it can kill other people. So you need to make sure that when you're driving this vehicle, you are alert and paying attention at all times. And I was like, oh, my God. Okay. Wow. Now I'm scared to death. A lot of pressure, pressure, Dad. But he's right. And I always think about that when I get in a car. I think about how many people are scrolling social media on their phone or who aren't paying attention. And they're literally going 60 plus miles an hour. And they're trying to see, you know, if Jay Cutler found who killed his chickens on social media. (laughs) Listen. Loaded gun to your head, Steve. I'm acknowledging that it's not a good habit. But I'm also I also want people to understand that, it's I, as I said, I'm not just cruising, not looking at the road for extended periods of time. Like I'll pick my phone up, I'll scroll quickly through. It won't be longer than, a, I don't know, 10, 15 seconds. And I'm looking up, looking down, looking up. Look. It's not like I'm it's not like I'm actively typing out tweets and <laughs> getting into Twitter arguments with people while I'm driving. It's just very stupid. And I probably shouldn't do it. But your dad's right. And that's such a dad thing to say, like to put it in that perspective and make that analogy. But it is right. You should not dick around when you're driving. Um, but then I see so many people that suck at driving and I'm like, well, if you're even, you're concentrating and you're bad at driving. So how, why should I feel bad? You know how many seconds it takes to lose control, Steve and die? One. So <laughs> I'm just saying just one. And you know what, Steve, you are precious cargo. So I don't need you dying on me. Thank so you. I need you to pay Thank attention you. while you're driving. Let's bring it all back to baseball. Just like St. Judersburg. We need the Derek Jeter. We need the phone in the basket when you're in the car. Put the phone in the cup holder. Cue up the playlist because we're going to give you a great 4th of July playlist here at the end of the pod. And you're good to go. From point A to point Definitely. B, just listen to some, to some sweet jams. And don't even worry about it. Don't even worry about social media. The problem for me, though, is I'm very specific about songs that that are on in the car. I'm like a playlist monster where like I kind of need to be in control of what songs are being played. So that's actually probably what I'm on the phone most is searching for the next song because I don't trust playlists and I don't trust the shuffle, even though I probably should. And I don't make good enough playlists to always trust the shuffle. So that is definitely a problem for me. But, don't you uh, have the I button be on your steering wheel? I do, but I like to scroll through and look at songs. I can't scroll through. I can hit next on my steering wheel, but I can't scroll through a playlist. 
And then even so, I'm looking at a screen on my car, and it's the same. It's the same thing. You're looking. You're looking down. You're not looking at the road. No, you hit it on the steering wheel. Just go to next, and then it's fun. It's like mm. a surprise. It's like, what's the song? Mm. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm stuck in my ways. But I want to bring up one thing quickly before uh, speaking about cars and driving. One thing that I don't understand is when you'll be in a neighborhood or maybe you're, you know, in the city, even in the city, I don't know, in like a populated area, maybe you're outside having some, some dinner with somebody or lunch or something, and somebody drives by, and they're typically in like a used Honda that's souped up or like a Subaru, or maybe sometimes they're in like a Dodge Ram truck, and they just gun it and rev their engine, and smoke comes out, and it's this whole loud, extravagant thing. And they think that's somehow like a masculine, cool thing to do. I've never understood that. Why is that a thing? Why do people think that if they rev their engines in front of girls or something, that girls are going to be more likely to go out with them? Is that actually a thing? There's no way that's true. Or like if you rev your Dodge Ram engine at me, that I should be intimidated by you. Actually, I just think you're kind of a tool. I've never understood why people in public, especially in places where people are just trying to enjoy themselves outside, when cars drive by and try to make as much noise as possible. It makes no sense to me. Yeah overcompensation you know the answer i mean that it, there has to be more to it than that right there has to be more to it than you know you're over you're overcompensating for something much smaller that can't just be it because it happens so often it's kind of a hoosier move you know it, it is kind of a hoosier move i mean listen there's hoosiers then in every state in the country because it happens everywhere yeah. like this move is not discriminated anywhere i mean it happens in connecticut it happens in illinois it happens in new york it happens in totally. california but here's the thing is there's a reason that those guys, and it's, I'm going to say guys because it's, it's 99.9% of the time it's going to be a guy. Yeah, you've never There's seen a, a woman they, rev like, their engine. No, I mean, I can't imagine a woman. Literally never. In the history 100%. of the world, that's never um, happened. But there's a reason that they must do it. Has someone ever gotten a date because of their awesome revved engine, right? There has to be an explanation <laughs> for why they do this. Something had to work out for them because they did that once. Otherwise, it makes no sense. Yeah. Do you think that there's like a subsect of women out there that live for revving engines and they're like, wow, what an alpha move. I want to date that guy. Uh, I love that V10. <laughs> thing gets me going. Oh, my God. You hear that like, transmission? Per? To be. <laughs> yeah. Like, let me. Yeah. Let me hear that. 94 Honda Civic. That thing. God, that thing purrs. Oh, my God. Like, Did I you can't... see the exhaust he's got working there? Wow. I am uh, ready to here. go. It smells like absolute shit right now, but I love this thing. It is beautiful. That guy, that you know what? That guy's got it figured out. Ooh, he it's is like polluting, has, but I am into it. There has, there has to be a faction of women out there that are attracted to that. Otherwise, why would guys do it? Steve, there's women that are attracted to all sorts of weird things. Like, I'm not into guys that wear double earring cubic zirconias, but there's guys out there that are still doing it because it's working for them for some reason. That's true. I mean, Jordan's worn a hoop earring for the better part of a couple of decades now, and he's Michael Jordan. So That's, I right. Don't know. That's right. That's right. I mean, if any other guy out there is still rocking the hoop, a lot of people are like, wow, that's weird. Michael Jordan, it works. So who knows? I don't know. I've noticed it more, especially it happens now. Um, it'll probably happen over Fourth of July weekend because people are outside and they're like feeling hopped up about their testosterone and America. Yeah. And I don't know. It's something I've just never understood the logic behind. And it pisses me off every time I hear it or see it happen. Yeah, it's lame. Totally lame. Okay, Steve, we have two topics and or features on the board to end the pod. I'm going to let you choose which one you want us to do first. Do you want us to do state comparisons or do you want us to go right to our 4th of July playlist? Let's save the 4th of July playlist for last because we can do that really fast. 
which I actually struggled with this one too. This that, that is much harder. Putting together five songs for a specific setting is actually way harder than I originally thought it was going to be. But let's push that to the end of the pod. Let's do our state comparisons first. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. Shout out to our friend and yours, Tommy Reese. You may remember him, well, yes, as the offensive coordinator of Notre Dame, but more importantly, as our Game of Thrones analyst here on Small Talk. So he's kind of our draft guy. He's our draft analyst. And we were talking with him, and he came up with this great idea. He's like, you know what? You guys need to compare states to athletes and or teams because he listened to the state draft, and I thought that was a great idea. We wanted to have him join us to do it, but it didn't work out because he is a busy guy. But here's what we were tasked with doing. We each had three states that we got to pick, random states, and we had to compare them to some sort of famous athlete or famous sports team. And I don't know how you want to do this, Steve, back for... Oh, by the way, Tommy did say he thought I won the draft, so we're just throwing that out there as... Our draft analyst, I think his opinion carries some weight. So just so you know, he thought I took the draft. Mm, not worried about it. Love you, Tommy. But um, <laughs> there are plenty of people that want to be in uh, in nursery land with all the beautiful foliage. Sure. So anyway, how do you want to do this? Do you want to go every, every other, other? Every other? Okay. Yeah. Do you want to yeah. go first or do you want me to go first? Okay. I have four total. So okay. So you go first. You I only have three. All right. Perfect. All right. <laughs> I'll start with this one. By the way, I took a, little, a few liberties in this. But I didn't necessarily compare to like specific teams. I have one athlete, one group of players, and one program. And this one's a program. I'm okay. going to compare the state okay. of Mississippi to Rutgers Athletics. <laughs> and I'll tell you why. Oh my God, because let me just give you some stats here, okay? okay. Really quick stats. Okay. Mississippi, fifth highest unemployment rate, Ooh. worst poverty rate, mm-hmm. worst life expectancy, worst adult obesity rate, last in healthcare. 46th in education. Pretty terrible stat for Mississippi, if we're being honest. And Mississippi, I believe, was the second to last pick. I picked West Virginia, I think, as the... I forget. Did yo, I pick West Virginia or Mississippi? Yo, I picked West Virginia. Do not try to pawn Mississippi on me. Okay, sorry. Excuse me. I'm sorry. I forgot. It's it, I blacked out during that entire draft process because I didn't want anything to do with it. Anyway, <laughs> Mississippi. Not a lot going for you, Mississippi, for being honest. And I'm thinking, what is like the Mississippi equivalent of the college program? It's Rutgers sports. Rutgers. Second worst Power 5 program football in the uh. playoff era and the worst in the history of the Big Ten. Rutgers basketball hasn't made the NCAA tournament since 1991. Their baseball team hasn't made the tournament since 2007. Both the state of Mississippi and Rutgers athletics, at least men's athletics, are front and center on the struggle bus. And the staff don't lie, man. They are absolutely pitiful. So Rutgers and Mississippi, they are equal to me. That is an amazing comparison. And as a Big Ten girl... I still don't understand why Rutgers is in the Big Ten. I will never oh, get New York it. market, Michelle. Come on. It's oh. New York. Ugh. When they said that, I was like, you really think Rutgers is going to carry the New York market for the Big Ten? Yeah, this idea that Rutgers or Syracuse or any – first off, New York doesn't really care about college sports. They period. don't care it's at all. college sports town. So, yeah, whenever they, whenever the Big Ten try to claim that, that's why they also picked Maryland. They're like, oh, okay, D.C. too. And you're like, I don't think Maryland is – Big in D.C. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but I definitely know Rutgers isn't big in New York City. My family is from New Jersey, and I've never heard them once speak about Rutgers. Never once. Yeah. It's not like, hey, it's Saturday afternoon. Let's queue up Rutgers football. No. It's like, let's talk about the Giants game tomorrow. The only thing Rutgers has going for it is it's an old program, and it's been around forever, but they've really had no success whatsoever. And I guess you can relate it to Mississippi, too. Mississippi is an old state, but... 
Rutgers is just a pitiful excuse for a sports program. And Mississippi, I'm sorry, you guys are a pitiful excuse for a state. To localize it, Steve, Mississippi kind of reminds me of the 2007 through 2011 Rams. They went 15 and 65, which is the worst (laughs) five-year stretch of football in NFL history. It's just consistent L's. Consistent L's. Yeah, Yeah, no hope either. That's just who you are, period, unfortunately. Okay. Sorry to anybody who's listening in Mississippi, by the way, but I feel like you probably know this is the truth. Truth hurts. But we heard Oxford's great. Uh, that's true. The Grove. That's right. Grove. I mean, I'm listening. I'm sure there are. Uh, Rutgers has a great women's basketball team. So shout out to them. There are, they're, it's not all bad, but it's mostly bad. Yeah. The stats don't lie. Okay. Do you want my best one first or last? Give it last. Okay. Give the best for last. I'm a firm believer in that. Okay. I'm going to go then. I'm going to give you, Steve, Nevada. And I'm going to compare Nevada to the 2018 Cleveland Cavaliers that went to the NBA Finals. Because when you look at Nevada, you've got Vegas. You've got bright lights, celebrity, entertainment. Everybody, when they think of Nevada, they think of Vegas, just like with the Cavs. You're thinking LeBron. LeBron is the star. But then really, what else do you have? Kind of a whole lot of nothing. I mean, sure, you've got your Kevin Love, that's Reno. And sure, you've got your Carson City and, I don't know, maybe Kyle Korver. But really, what else do you have? You don't really have a lot. That's a great one. That is one of the worst teams that has ever made the finals in any sport, I think, in the history of sports or professional sports in America. And, yeah, I guess you'd say, like, is Larry Hughes Reno? I don't know. Uh, there's a, there's a no, he wasn't on that team. On that. The 2018? Oh, the 2018 team. Sorry. Sorry, I'm thinking about the 2017. The 2018 team, not Should, Is that a better comp, the 2007 team? I would go 2007. Okay. I would take it a step further because 2007 is a joke. That's the one where Larry Hughes is basically the second best player. You could say Mo Williams, Booby Gibson, Big Z, Zajunas Ogaskis was on that team, Scott Pollard. It's a bad, bad team. And somehow LeBron willed them to the finals in the same way that Nevada is being carried by the city of Las Vegas. Because, I mean, is there any other reason to go to the state of Nevada than to go to Las Vegas in the same way? Was there any reason to watch the Cavs other than to go and watch LeBron? So No. no. So a great call by you. I'm just going to change the year of the Cavs team. I'm just thinking about the year SNL did this get the other guys. Remember, it was like LeBron and then it was the other guys. They both work. They're both great. But I think that's, you know, LeBron. And I'm not even a big Vegas guy, though. And I'm a big LeBron guy. So I guess this is a weird place for me. Because do you like Vegas? Um, It is not my first vacation pick. If I go there, I can have a good time. I don't want to stay more than two days. Yeah, I have a strict 48-hour Vegas rule. Whereas for LeBron, I could watch LeBron all day, every day, and I love it. So there's a, like a little bit of a discrepancy in there. Where, but I, but I understand the comparison because I'm trying to think of, is there any other state that has one city? And we'll get to this in a second because I do have an example where you have one city that is just carrying the rest of the state where they have no other attractions whatsoever. They're known for one thing. No, I don't think so. Mm, there might be one, but I'll put deep tease for a little bit later. Oh, deep tease. I like it. All right, Steve, what state do you have next? All right, let me bring this up here. I have. So I knew I wanted to do something with Florida because Florida is such an intriguing state. And for a while, I was like, can I compare Florida to a team and compare all the cities to players on that team? But I just couldn't find the right fit for it. So I'm going to go back to one that you and I actually discussed, Michelle. Florida is Johnny Manziel. And I'll explain why. 
It's the ultimate boomer bust scenario. The hype is crazy. Think about Manziel at AM. It was must-see TV, right? He was Johnny, he was doing the money sign thing. Everybody loved him, cover of every magazine. He was the future of football. Couldn't get enough of Johnny football. That's like Miami. People love Miami. Unbelievable international city. It's beautiful. It's an attraction for people all across the world. Then Johnny Menzel, he goes and wins a Heisman. That's like the Florida Keys, another nice section of Florida. Florida has some nice areas. But then the problem is, I would make the argument that the, the, the further you go north in Florida, that's like the rest of Manziel's career after Texas A&M. Remember when he forgot and didn't care about the playbook? That's like trashy Daytona Beach. Um, he maybe got caught doing coke in a bathroom. That's Tallahassee. <laughs> he had to go to rehab. That's Jacksonville. Ultimately, Manziel and Florida are like super flashy places. And on the surface, you're like, oh, my God, this is some great stuff. But once you actually get to know them, it's like, damn, this thing is an absolute mess. So I feel like Florida and Manziel, perfect comparison. That's good. That's good. And I like how you took it throughout his career and compared it to cities and not just, Mm. hey, boom or bust. It's Johnny Manziel. Okay. Go ahead. Okay, so I've given you my one-man show in Nevada, a.k.a. LeBron and the Cavs. So I'm going to give you New Jersey, Steve. And to me, New Jersey is the Bills, the Dolphins, and the Jets. Because kind of like the AFC East, New Jersey, no matter how hard they try, is never going to be New York. Never going to be New York. They're always going to end me New York. They're always going to look at New York and say, we can be better than you. And New York's going to laugh and say, no, you can't. Just like the Patriots have dominated the AFC East, and even though Brady's out of the fold, Belichick's still got something up his sleeve. He still could potentially win the division. There's a lot to like about Jersey, just like there's a lot to like about certain aspects of the Bills, the Dolphins, the Jets. But they're just never, ever, ever going to quite be the Patriots. They're going to never be New York. What do you think? That's a great call. That is actually an amazing one because – Jersey, it's so not New York, even though it does want to be New York. And it's ironic that like the Jets play there and the Giants play there and it's considered the New York team, right? And they play in the Meadowlands. But Jersey is just so much less cool than New York will ever be. It's never going to be New York. And I mean, I know maybe they think of themselves as New York light and they try to, you know, with the pizza. And I know a lot of people that work in New York live there, but it's just no matter what they do, much like the Bills, much like the Jets, and much like the Dolphins, they're never going to be the Patriots. They're never, never going to be New York. So, honestly, great call by you. Thank you so much, Steve. You're up. All right. This is uh, this is my, my last one. I have one more, which was from our friend Tommy Reese. I'll leave that for the end. Okay. Um, and this one's really short for me. Maine, it's Patriot wide receivers. And the only reason is because there's way more white dudes than average. <laughs> Maine has the most white people. I didn't know. I think they're like 98% of Maine's population is white, which is like abnormally high. Oh my God. And what? what else is abnormally high? The amount of white wide receivers that the Patriots have made into stars over the last decade or so. So honestly, I think it's a great comparison. So Maine is just gritty slot guys. It's just great. It's Danny Amendola. It's Julian Edelman. It's Wes, Wes Welker. It's yep. Chris Hogan. It's all those guys. That's wow. what it is. And that's okay. Those guys are good. We like Maine. We like Patriot wide receivers. It's just kind of an abnormal thing. It's weird. It's a very white outlier. Yes, very white. Yep. A lot of extra cross players that are in there, too. Lax bros. I like it. All right, Steve. Here's my last one, and I think this is my best one. Montana is Mike Trout. And let me tell you why. Ooh. Montana is big, and it's great, but no one ever sees it. But anybody that goes to Montana (laughs) raves about how great it is and how you need to go there and see it for yourself. Mike Trout is big, 
He's athletic. He's great. No one watches Mike Trout play baseball. He plays in Anaheim. He's buried on the West Coast. Those late-night West Coast games, two-thirds of the country is not tuning in. And let me tell you, a lot of people on the West Coast not staying up to watch Mike Trout play in Anaheim. So just like Montana— the people that do watch Mike Trout play talk about how he's the GOAT. He's the best player they've ever seen. He's the best player in baseball. He's a stud. He's a star. And the rest of America and the rest of the baseball fans out there say, really, I believe you, but I haven't seen it myself. That is, I think, the early favorite for the winner of this particular feature here because what have I heard about? I've heard Mike Trout's awesome. Have I ever seen Mike Trout play baseball? <laughs> nope. What else have I heard about? I've heard Montana's really cool. I've heard it's really beautiful. And it's you're right, it's very big. Have I ever seen Montana in person? I don't even know that Montana actually exists, to be honest with you. I've just been told it exists. So I don't know. Both of those things, completely accurate, and I think that is the leader in the clubhouse for the best one. Thank you. Save the best for last. All right, what did Tommy Reese have to say? Yeah, this is the last one. This is courtesy of Tommy Reese, and this is my deep tease from earlier. This is going to get under your skin a little bit, and I love it. Great. He said that the state of Illinois is like the 88 Kansas Jayhawks with Danny Manning or the 03 Syracuse Orange with Carmelo because it's a one-man show, and that one-man show being Chicago for the state of Illinois. I know that's going to trigger you immediately, so I'll give the floor as yours, but I do love that one from our boy Tommy. You know, I don't want to diss him creatively because I think there are some com- <laughs> some comparisons to be made. However... I wish Tommy was on the pod because I would love to know how much time he's actually spent in Central and Southern Illinois. I mean, this is a guy who's from Chicago, so of course he's going to think Chicago's the end-all be-all. I also love Chicago. But again, like I said on the podcast previously, there is a lot to love about Central and Southern Illinois. We've got an amazing college town in Champaign-Urbana. We've got hiking. We've got friendly people. Have I mentioned the agriculture? There's a lot to like. So while, yes... I would say Chicago is certainly the star player. We're not talking Nevada here, okay? We're not talking LeBron and then no one else. It is not a one-man show in the state of Illinois. I just fell asleep listening to you. Oh, my so God, so what, what? What did you just say? There's, what you, there's great agriculture? What? If you have to list agriculture as one of the top reasons why your state isn't boring, then your state's boring. We were talking about the state draft. As soon as you go to agriculture, you lost me. And by the way... So what is it? Champagne? Champagne is where is the college town? Champagne Urbana. Champana. Some of the okay. locals like to I've call never it. been. Um, I, so I can't really say anything about it. I'm not going to diss it. But I mean, I think it's at best. And again, I've never been. So you're going to probably hate this. But from I think most popular thinking is that what Madison and at least Ann Arbor are the two best Midwestern college towns. So you're at least a distant third in that. You know what, Steve? I am really glad you're giving your opinion on something that you've never seen or experienced yourself. So I just really hold like a lot <laughs> no, of no, weight on, 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 on your opinion. No, hold on. Because I think that actually makes a lot of sense, though. When, whenever anyone talks about great college towns, what comes up? Ann Arbor, Madison. Uh, Chapel Hill is another one that comes up. But I'm just talking about Midwestern ones. I'm not saying that Champaign isn't awesome, but it just it doesn't come up like those other two. So I feel like that is the popular notion that those two are far ahead of Champaign, unfortunately. Do so, you know why they come I'll up, give you Steve? Credit, it might be a nice college town, but it's not even close to the state of uh, the, the one that the state of uh, Michigan or, or Wisconsin have. You know why those other college towns come up more? It's because people visit them more because North Carolina is a dominant basketball program. Michigan is one of the legacy football programs in America. People make the pilgrimage to go to Ann Arbor or to go to Chapel Hill. Illinois has had great teams 
here and there in the past, but just not consistently. So people that come to Illinois, they have a great time. Trust me. When I was in college there, Steve, number one party school in America. Just take that for Uh, what it's worth. Well, all right. So I've triggered you clearly, and Tommy has triggered you. I think, is it your turn to trigger me? Do you have one for Connecticut? Um... No, but I can come up with one off the top of my head easy. Because <laughs> I was really trying because I want to do my home state, right? I want to do like, okay, what's Connecticut? But oh, I got it. I, I got it. I don't know. I got it. Uh, I just go, thought of go it. Ahead. Connecticut is a minor league baseball team. Oh, my God. <laughs> Connecticut is the Memphis Redbirds. It's a feeder. Explain it's yourself. A, Why? It's a feeder into Boston or New York. It's never going to be a major league state. It's never going to be a major league team. It is a minor league team with bad attendance. Um, yeah, but how do you explain so many people that work in New York that they want to live in Connecticut? Like Mike Trout doesn't want to play for the I don't know the main Red Claws or whatever the freaking minor league team is. He doesn't want to do that. People want to live in Connecticut. They don't claim Connecticut though. If people are like, "Hey, where are you from?" If they go on vacation, okay, if they're in France and they're chilling in the south of France, and somebody says. Hey, where are you from? They're going to say, I'm from New York. I'm from New York City. I, I work in New York City. They're never going to say, yeah, I live in Connecticut. Uh, Connecticut, home of John Mayer. Connecticut, home of the lead singer of Weezer. Connecticut, um, home of best pizza in the entire country. You keep as making this bad argument. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> this is not a bad argument. I think that's funny. Like, I get the minor league baseball thing, but I don't know if it's perfect. But I will say it's a good call. It's funny. It's funny. I don't know if it's entirely accurate, but it's funny. You literally just threw John Mayer, the lead singer of Weezer that no one even knows by name, and the best pizza in America that literally no one will back you up on. That's insane. That's First off, there are many people that have backed me up on that. I don't want to have the pizza argument again because I know I'm right and you know I'm right, but um, I don't know. Minor League Baseball team, is. I get we're kind of irrelevant and that's what you're, what you're getting at, but... You're I don't know. Like, there are a lot of people that have big that are big wigs in New York that live in Connecticut. I'm just saying. Is that your only argument? Kind of, yeah. Which I know <laughs> isn't a great argument. Maybe maybe both of us should just take the L on this one. You're the Wichita wind surge, okay? That's what you are. <laughs> All right. Well, keep thinking. Uh, agriculture is going to get you up there as far as the best states in the union uh, when talking about Illinois. Listen, I was just rattling off reasons why I chose Illinois in the state draft. I, I didn't think we were going mm-hmm. cool style points here, and if so. Mm-hmm. The lead singer of Weezer, really? I would rather take Rolling Plains of Corn than the lead singer. Agriculture Agriculture (laughs) all day, bro. Weezer is not even like a top 100 band. Well, that's, I mean, I don't even know. I I don't even know what my top 100 bands are, but Weezer is a great band. Come on. Well, let me tell you. Corn. And and we know John Mayer is a legend, so. I'm just saying. I would take corn, soy, and all of the other great things the state of Illinois is producing over Weezer any day. Corn is Nebraska, right? That's the, the corn huskers. Uh, yeah, you, you guys know may what, have Steve? some agriculture, but you're not known for agriculture. You can't claim that. Get out of here with that. Listen, just because Nebraska literally has nothing else going on and has to make corn yeah. their mascot does not That's mean true. that Illinois is not producing better corn. Yeah, no, listen, this isn't a pro-Nebraska argument by any means. I'm not, I'm not trying to say that. But, but uh, you are not known for agriculture in the way that that state is, so. I don't know. I think we should both take the L and probably move on to our playlist. Really? Because per my notes here, Illinois farmers rank second in the country in farm production. We're talking over two billion bushels of little golden kernels. Okay, so that's exhilarating, (laughs) exhilarating, (laughs) electric. (laughs) Do you even know the lead singer of Weezer's first name? Uh, Don't Google it. River something. Hold on. No, no, no. no, Don't Google it. If you don't don't know know. it, it's not an argument. 
Oh, it's Rivers Cuomo. Okay, I had Rivers right. There you go. There you go. If you asked, if we surveyed a thousand people that listen to this podcast, I guarantee you not one of them would say Rivers Cuomo, baller. Love him. Yeah, but they would be like, oh my God, I love Weezer. Great band. Weezer has like... Wow, underrated. People have like a Weezer song they like, Island in the Sun. (laughs) First off, that's not even close to the best Weezer song, but get out of here. (laughs) What is the best Weezer song? Uh, my favorite Weezer song is uh, is My Name is Jonas from their first album, which is their best album, which is a great album. Like, one of the better albums of the 90s. I don't know. Some of their jams are kind of morose, but whatever. I digress. Mm, from the person that doesn't like Third Eye Blind. Moving on. Moving on. Speaking of tunes, we promised a 4th of July playlist after our Sandy Jams <laughs> mixtape got a lot of mixed reaction. And we are, we are going to send you off into your 4th of July with the ultimate small talk 4th of July playlist. Steve, I sent you some name options. Did you settle on one that you liked? Um, yeah, wasn't it Red what was it? Red White and Oh, Red White and Tunes. Red White and Tunes. Red White and Tunes was good. Oh, Star Spangled Bangers was oh, a good one too. Star Spangled Bangers. That was the one. Okay. Yeah, I sent you like I six options. Only that one or two. Was something good. I would have written on a CD back in 2005. Without further ado, we present Small Talk, Star Spangled Bangers. All right, Steve, I am very, and I mean very hyped about my five. This was really difficult. And I want you to go first because I went first last time. Okay. But let's quickly talk about the genre because the genre of Fourth of July songs is very heavy classic rock and country. Very heavy. Mm-hmm. Am I mm-hmm. right? Yep. And I tried, I tried not to just fall into that trap because you can. And there's also one song that I actually don't have on my list that I know probably should be on the playlist and if we don't say it if neither of us have it on our list and i'll say it at the end but i didn't put it on my playlist but i tried to be a little bit diverse with this in like getting different genres of music even though it was really really hard wow i did not take that approach literally at all <laughs> so you went what just classic 70s rock and maybe some throwing some country songs exactly and All right, so let, take it away. You go. Give me your first one. So I went because last time I tried to be a little educational and I tried to be diverse from a geography standpoint. You know, I tried to touch all the different beaches in America. I tried to throw in a vacation beach, you know, just really diversify. When I think Fourth of July, I think classic rock. I think country. I think barbecue. I think ribs. I think beer. I think fireworks. And I'm not messing that up, Steve. This is a formula that I am not gonna mess up. All right. So we are kicking. Okay. We are kicking off Star Spangled Bangers with a little CCR. We're going Fortunate Son right off the bat. Oh my God! I have that too. No, you don't. I do. That's yes. Awesome. I love CCR. I know CCR. Is amazing, and that song it has a little red, white, and blue in the lyrics. It's a little a little ditty about war. What's more American than that? I feel like if you kick off this playlist with CCR, your barbecue is already rolling. Oh my god, I'm so happy. So we, okay, so yeah, I have I, Fortunate Son is genuinely one of my favorite songs ever. CCR is one of the most underrated bands I think of all time. They are a great, great classic rock band. And Fortunate Son, it's like a little bit political, but yes, you're right. Like you know, it starts off talking about the red, white, and blue. It's about Vietnam. Yeah. Um, but you're right. If that comes on at a Fourth of July playlist, I am in the mood to celebrate America. You're cracking open a Bud Light or a Summer Shandy or a Grapefruit Rattler. My STL peeps know what I'm talking PBR. about. Yeah, PBR. What whatever your beer of choice. Choices, you're eating a hot dog, you're wearing a tank top, you're like, yes, CCR, this barbecue is going to be off the chain. <laughs> Love it. Honestly, there's several CCR songs I could have put on this. You know what's funny about this is that there are several artists that I have on my list 
Well, I guess I shouldn't say several. There are a couple that I think I could pick multiple of their songs to be on a 4th of July playlist. And I don't know if that says stuff about me or them, but I think there are guys that are, and there really are guys that own the 4th of July genre more than anybody else. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Wait, I'm curious Uh, now if we have any more overlap because I have a very specific vibe going here. Yeah, there really is. Um, I don't think there will be. I mean, there might be for one other one. Okay. But, all right, let me do this. Speaking of guys that own that own the 4th of July vibe, I'm going to go with a John Mellencamp. Not John Cougar Mellencamp. Yeah, he hates he Cougar. The Cougar. He hates Cougar. John Mellencamp, Pink Houses. Pink Houses Ooh. is a classic American song. It's incredible. It puts you in a good mood. Great just acoustic guitar strumming. Pink Houses, John Mellencamp have to be on in the top five of, of, of your 4th of July playlist. You know what's funny? I considered Small Town. I literally had Small Town in my yeah. alternates here. He could have had three, four, five different songs that you could put on a 4th of July playlist easily. I can, Mellencamp, is, there's probably one other guy that's the king of the 4th of July genre. Maybe we'll get to him in a second. But Mellencamp is a close second. Steve, I see where you're throwing down, Steve, and I'm picking it right back up, okay? My, I love it. So let me... First, take you through my thought process. We're going classic rock, kind of very specific. Yes, America, chill vibes. You know, because CCR isn't necessarily, we're not ramping it up to a 10, but it's it's a good early barbecue song, right? Fortunate Son, Mm -hmm. good early barbecue song. So I'm going classic rock early. We are spiking towards the end, and then I'm ending with a crowd favorite, okay? So just keep that in mind as we roll through these. Okay. To so keep the playlist is all rise. It's all rise, you're saying. Essentially, yes, essentially. All right, Steve, number two on my playlist, we're going Allman Brothers, we're going Midnight Rider. <laughs> Didn't have it, but listen, I love the Allman Brothers, so great choice. You know, I got a little California band, I got a little Florida band. We got some CCR, we got some Allman Brothers. Our barbecue is off to a great start. Um, I mean, I don't think Allman Brothers, I don't think they're the 4th of July band. I've got a couple, i got another guy who I think is a 4th of July guy. But if they're on at the playlist, if they're on at the barbecue, and I'm having a hot dog and a Bud Light or whatever, and I'm celebrating America, the Allman Brothers, you can, you can deal a lot worse than the Allman Brothers. I didn't go super specific America. I didn't go, it has to have America in the title. I went, what is going to be representative of America as a whole. And what's more American than a little classic rock? Am I right? Classic rock is very, very American, correct. All right, let me do this then, because I'm interested to see if we if we named the king of 4th of July songs. We might have just admitted him completely. But another guy who kind of owns the genre a lot is Tom Petty. And I feel like I have mm-hmm. to go with a Tom Petty song. And yep. what's the Tom Petty song about America? It's American Girl. American Girl. Um, Amazing. Y- you could go with, again, a, probably a half a dozen Tom Petty songs. And you could honestly put Tom Petty on shuffle on Spotify, and yep. it would be fine for a 4th of July playlist. I went with American Girl for obvious reasons. It's not my favorite Tom Petty song, but I think it fits for this specific um, mood. So, and honestly, Tom Petty, if we're talking about, like, American rock stars, he's up there. I mean, he's, in the, he's on the Mount Rushmore of American rock stars. So you've got to have him on your 4th of July playlist. Agreed. He was also in my alternates, that exact song. Glad I didn't select it. So speaking of American rock stars, how about Steve Perry? Saruti, we are going Journey. We're going Any Way You Want It as my third selection. Oh, I get it. Not a fan of that song. Don't like it at all. Well, that's lame because I'm thinking we're at the part in the barbecue where we're playing a little beer pong and Journey comes on. Because, listen, you're not going to go faithfully. You need to keep the tempo up, and you want to hear some journey. So any way you want it is the play here. 
Uh, yeah, that's a good call. I mean, if I'm thinking songs of that sort of genre, I would have probably went more, and I don't have this on my list, but I would probably went with Bad Boy Riley by The Who, which I don't have on my list, but that's also another great song for the playlist. Um, but The Who, is, aren't they not an American band? No, but that's just, I, I don't know why, but that's, I, I think they are. They're British. But that, like, they're that British. They're not on, an American like, band. A weird American, have you not? Babel Riley feels like an American song. Like, it's the Teenage Wasteland thing. I don't know. Like, I don't know how popular, I'm sure they are popular in Britain, but it's weird. It's taken on sort of like a weird, I don't know, like American sort of feel to it. In you a know weird what? Way. But Those... they're not on my list, so let me go to my next one. Yeah, but you know what, Steve? I'm not uh, trying to listen to British bands on the 4th of July, okay? so No, it's a good call. It's a good call, because what do we do? We obviously defeated them in the Revolutionary War. We shouldn't be celebrating their, their music. So exactly. good call, exactly. bad by me. We'll ignore that. Okay. All right, so let me do this. Let me get some variety in here, because okay. again, we could just name... We could just name a bunch of country and classic rock songs. I didn't do that. And I got to go with the one number one party banger, and that's Party in the USA by Miley Cyrus. I rest my case. It's an absolute banger. Probably comes on towards the end of the night when it's dark out, maybe when you're playing some flip cup and people are starting to black out and you're willing to sing in front of your friends and embarrass yourself. Party in the USA has become an absolute banger anthem on the 4th of July. It has to be on the playlist. Amazing selection by you, although I think it's too early in the playlist. I would have made that my last choice, but great call. I mean... Nobody dislikes Party in the USA. And I mean, literally no one. No one dislikes that song. All right. So we've gotten three classic rock songs in a row. It's time to ratchet it up, Steve. I am going American Woman, Lenny Kravitz. Okay. That's interesting. I like the song. Well, American Woman's a cover, by the way, by the Guess Who. Are the Guess Who British or no? Oh, they're Canadian. So they're not American. So the song was written by Canadians. I think we're okay. I think we'll accept that. No, we've got Lenny is full American. And he no, is, he's full American, but the song was written by Canadians. That's okay, but it's a, it's a cover by an American. And think about, when you think about American, you think rugged, you think denim, you think perhaps shirtless. Lenny Kravitz embodies so many things about American. Turquoise jewelry. I saw him in a spread in El Decor once where he was on a horse on his Santa Fe ranch. I mean, what is more yeah, American than that? Nothing, really. I mean, <laughs> horses? Come on. Literally nothing. Country? <laughs> Oh, excuse me. It was not in Santa Fe. His house was in Brazil, but I digress. By the way, Lenny Kravitz, another guy who can get away with wearing hoop earrings. Lenny Kravitz could wear anything and it would look cool. Mm -hmm. I'm really interested to see where you go from Miley Cyrus. Okay, so here's the thing, because obviously we had Fortunate Sons. I don't have to name that one. No, you have to, you get um, to pick something else. So I only have one. I only have one song left. and You get to add another one then, because we need, ten, we need could ten add another one. Yeah, add right, another how one. How about this? I'll name this one. And this is one, this is like an end of the night song. It's kind of like Party in the USA as well. Okay. And I'm kind of embarrassed to even have this on my playlist. I'm embarrassed to actually like this song because I don't even really like her as a singer. Okay. But Firework by Katy Perry is a banger. And Ugh. like, what is more 4th of July than Fireworks? I hate Fireworks. You know this about me, but I kind of love this song. Again, it's a guilty pleasure song for me. And I don't really like any of Katy Perry's music at all, except for this. So maybe I'm telling on myself a little bit here, but Katy Perry Firework, I'm putting on my playlist and I'm not mad about it. I think that song sucks. It's a two out of 10. It's so lame. <laughs> I can't believe you went Katy Perry. The only decent Katy Perry song out there is Dark Horse and it's the Juicy J-verse. And we know that I'm correct. Mm. I don't even listen to that much Katy Perry. I'm just not genuinely a big fan, but... That's a very sing-alongable song. I guess the song that you could scream at the top of your lungs when you've had way too much to drink, and it's like a very much a party banger. 
And it's a, like a little bit EDM. That's why I was trying to be a little bit different. I could have just named you three classic rock songs or country songs. I didn't do that. I tried to give you some flair and some variety. And I understand if you think it's controversial and you hate it, but I feel like it's necessary to be mentioned. So you really thought, you know what? I'm going to shake it up. And I'm going to throw in a song that opens up lyrically by saying, do you ever feel like a plastic bag floating through the wind? <laughs> I don't know. What, I'm, I'm inter- what is this? That's literally what she says in the beginning. The very first line of the song is, do you ever feel like a plastic bag floating through the wind? <laughs> Apparently, I've never listened to, the, to anything but the chorus. Then. It's terrible. But don't worry, Steve, because even though you fumbled, I... I'm also on your team, and I'm going to pick up the ball and run it in for a touchdown because while everyone listening to this is going to skip right past that terrible fireworks song, they are going to land on my final song and what I would consider to be the ultimate sing-along song of all time, especially when we're talking beers, barbecue, 4th of July. Steve, I'm going to end this with Wagon Wheel by Darius Rucker. Oh, man. So I saw this on a lot of playlists, and I like this song but I didn't, I didn't know if it was 4th of July. Steve, again, we don't have to be so obvious with it. You know, we don't have to do the bald eagle tattoo on our shoulder to be American. You know, we can be a little underlying with it. What's more American than a guy from South Carolina starting a rock band about blowfish and then switching to country? I mean, this is a guy that's covered all sorts of American musical genres. Darius Rucker, Wagon Wheel, tell me that you've had a few beers with your friends and it is a nighttime and it's dusk and you're maybe transitioning from barbecue to bonfire and you're sitting around and you're looking around at your friends and you're thinking, man, I love my friends. Fourth of July is awesome. We love America, right? And then all of a sudden they throw on Wagon Wheel. You're going to sing it at the top of your lungs. You're probably going to cheers your friends. You may ignore some social distancing rules and hug it out. It's just a song that brings everybody together. You know, you're doing a great job of selling this. Is it weird that I actually like Hootie and the Blowfish more, though, than his solo stuff? The Wagon Wheel is a great song. Um, I feel like a lot of people love that song. Especially, like, I've heard at, like, two or three weddings that I've been to that people play that song. Not their wedding song, but that's just a song that meant a lot to them. It is a really good song. But I actually like Hootie more than I like uh, Darius Rucker's solo stuff. I love Hootie and the Blowfish. The Dolphins make me cry. I used to rock Hootie when I was a kid. <laughs> Doesn't make a hell of a lot of sense, but yes, I. No, it, it does. Is good. I, mean, I mean, time. Come on, great song. They never won with Marino. Of course, the Dolphins made you cry. Heartbreaking losses yep. as a Dolphins fan. Come on, yep. you don't know it, Steve, uh, until right, you so, experience it. So good choice by you. And I think what's interesting, like in doing the research for this, I did see that come up on a lot of playlists, and I didn't know why. So I'm a little bit surprised that you put it on your playlist. But I'm not. Again, I'm not mad if that comes on. It feels. It does feel American to me. All right, Steve, you're closing it out here. A lot of pressure. All right. So so, so I had to quickly on the fly look up another song, and I think I actually found a really good one that's also a little bit of a weird genre. I'm going to go with Philadelphia Freedom, Elton John. You know what? Because Great pick. what's more American than a gay British man singing about freedom in Philadelphia? Come on. Elton John is an adopted American citizen. So give me Philadelphia Freedom. It's an awesome song. It's another song that you can easily sing along to. And again, I know I've named two Brits here, but that's okay. We're, we're mending fences. It's that we're, we're a happy country. We're celebrating the victory. We're not holding it over their heads. And honestly, I'm down to listen to Elton John at any time in my life. So if I can get some Elton John in this playlist, get a little bit of variety, I'm doing it. So give me Elton John, Philadelphia Freedom. Good song. I had it on my list. I excluded it because... He is British, and because I think my other five choices were better. But that is a great Elton John song. If we were going end of the night Elton John songs, I would typically go Crocodile Rock or Benny and the Jets. But Philadelphia Freedom is appropriate for the 4th of July. Uh, the other, By the way, so the elephant in the room, 
the guy that we didn't mention, you, you obviously know who I'm talking about, right? Toby Keith. No. Who? Bruce Springsteen. You know what? I really tried to get a Bruce song in here, but none of them fit what I was trying to do. So, obviously, like, Born in the USA is probably the number one song on the 4th of July, though. I think both of us would admit that, right? Yeah, but that's not really... I don't think it's really um, a 4th of July song. No. Born in the USA is not a patriotic song. Um, yeah. That's the first thing that came up. Yeah, it's not really a 4th of July song. I forget exactly what it's about. I'm trying to look it up. Okay, Springsteen wrote this about the problems Vietnam veterans encountered when they uh, returned to America. But again... Much like CCR, because Fortunate Son is not, I guess, a. I mean, I'm not saying it's an anti-America song, but it's about. It's about war. Fortunate. Yeah. Basically, rich guys being able to dodge going to Vietnam. Right. And that's America. It's history. It's about America. So I think Born in the USA, even if it's not some anthem about how America, how great America is, it's still very American. Yeah. I thought you were going to go with Toby Keith. See, I'm not a Toby Keith fan. I'm not actually like a party country guy. I know that might surprise you. No, it doesn't surprise me literally at all. I know. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't do Kenny Chesney. I don't do Toby Keith. I don't do Jason Aldean. I don't do... I do like uh, Zach Brown Band. Yes. And there's certainly Zach Brown. Just like the Beach playlist we did last week, there are certainly Zach Brown Band songs that you can put on this playlist that I did not. But I don't know. I think you can go country. I mean, I'm in doing the research for this again... You could do like a bunch of George Strait songs. You can go super country. I didn't go that route. I don't really know that many George Strait songs. But if you gave us older dudes, he'd probably be on there. It's a very difficult genre because there's kind of an accepted group of songs that should be on this playlist. And that's why I tried to include Firework and Born in the USA because they're at least a little bit more modern. The only song I don't like on our playlist is Firework, but I'll allow it. Can I read you some of the other songs I was struggling with, if I should add or not? Yes. I'm a huge Brooks and Dunn fan. Neon Moon is one of my favorite songs of all time. I was thinking Only in America, Brooks and Dunn. Mm-hmm. Okay. I was also thinking Take Me Home, Country Roads, John Denver. Great sing-along so, song. It is a great sing-along song, but I don't know. It, it doesn't put me in the vibe of wanting to like be outside by a pool and drink. It kind of is just a like sing-along. I don't know. You know what I mean? It didn't, put, it didn't put me in the right state of mind. Right, right. Randomly, I just thought maybe I'd throw in Night Moves, Bob Seger, because who doesn't love Night Moves? I mean, Bob Seger is very American. Right. And then let's see. I think we got everything else. So that's yeah. I mean, there are like what what else do we have? You've got I'm um, looking at the, the playlist here. You can do like Jack and Diane, J- John Cougar Mellencamp, John Mellencamp. Another great song, great song you can do. I, you know what I actually love? I mean, it's hard to play this at a barbecue, especially with everything going on now. But Jimi Hendrix's rendition of the Star Spangled Banner is unbelievable. Well, if we're going Star Spangled Banner, we're going Whitney Houston Super Bowl. Oh, no way. Jimi Hendrix version is way better. Way better. Uh, Steve, I don't cry at Jimi Hendrix version. When Whitney hits that high note, (laughs) tears are falling. Okay? And I'm like, where do I get a white zip-up jumpsuit? Because your girl is ready to go. America, Neil Diamond, another great one. Another great song. Actually, Neil Diamond, for me, underrated. Would you consider Sweet Home Alabama a 4th of July song? Of course. It's about a state. Yeah, I know, but I don't like that it's state-specific. Maybe if you're in Alabama, it's a great thing, but I wouldn't want to sing that in a barbecue in Connecticut. What about American Pie? It's too slow. I agree. I love the song. John McClain, great song. It's, it's eight and a half minutes long. Like I don't, it's, it's a ballad. It's kind of weird. It is. I think I really... What was the name of our song? Um, gosh, why can't I think of the name of our playlist? Oh, our playlist? Uh, Star Spangled Bangers? Star Spangled Bangers, I think, in totality, is pretty good. Should we add a bonus track like we did last time? 
So I tried to find a rap song that would have worked. This is um, America. That was really hard. This is America. <laughs> Charles Gambino. <laughs> no, I didn't put that one down. I mean, it's very apropos uh, for the state of America right no, now. No, it is. It is. It is. Uh, probably not the one you want to play at the barbecue. Can we just do Outcast at the end? Outcast would work, but can I tell you, I did write down one rap song that I actually think would work. Okay, what is it? How about this? The Raise Up All Cities remix by Petey Pablo. Wow, Steve. Just when I thought you were out when you said Katy Perry, you come back with Petey Pablo and totally redeem yourself. I know, right? That song, actually, if that comes on and you're like, no, it's Carolina, I'm fu- I'm fired up. And then that's the All Cities remix, so you get I'll basically oh my the, God. the entire country involved fired up for that. Oh, my God. Fired I'm, up for that. Everyone's so, raising um, their napkin. Yeah. So if there is a rap song, I'm going to include that one. You know what? I love that we start our playlist, Steve, with a little CCR, and we're ending it with Petey Pablo. I know. I'm Now I'm wondering, like, should I take out Elton John because he's British? And I fully understand that he's British. Like, I get that people might be put off by me saying that. I just think it's a great song. And should I put in Petey Pablo? I'm going to say yes, but I would rather have Philadelphia <laughs> Freedom than Firework. But this is Star Spangled Bangers, so I would definitely say let's sub out Philadelphia Freedom and throw in Petey Pablo. Okay, done and done. Let's keep it all American here. All American. I love it. All right, well, we will put together a playlist for you like Steve did last time with Sandy Jams and we will tweet it out we'll push it out on social media so you can cue this up at your 4th of July barbecue and um, get a little patriotic courtesy of small talk yeah maybe throw back a couple four locos I don't know do people still drink four locos I don't know this thing I feel like I see pictures of people and things on Instagram people drinking four locos and I'm like I thought they got banned like five years ago Steve people of course are still drinking four locos I bet people are still drinking Is it like surge. an underground market here let me google it because I remember in college, Four Locos bought band. And I'm like, how is Four Locos still alive? Let's anyway, whether you're drinking PBR, Bud Light, White Claws. Yo, you can get a Four, four Loco at a 7-Eleven. How? And, oh my God, last August of 2019, in 2019, so last August, Four Loco teased a hard seltzer. Is there anything more American than Four Loco? I, probably not. You know, you keep talking about Four Loco. I've never had a Four Loco, so. Oh, wow. I mean, I'm not sure if I should be happy or sad for you because it's a shit show but it's one of those things i feel like that you should experience that shit show like you should at least experience it once in your life now again they've taken the caffeine out of it so it's not quite as hyped up as it used to be which was literally dangerous so i guess that's not as cool anymore but you should definitely have a four loco experience at least once in your life all right so what is it it was booze with caffeine in it yeah it's basically just like a mixed drink with caffeine and it was insane Hmm. and there's like a bunch of different flavors they're very colorful cans Sounds sloppy. I'm trying to think, like, your college experience, that was, Four Loco was just after your college experience then? I don't know anyone that drank a Four Loco in college. We were drinking. Wow, and you guys think the Midwest is such a big drinking area. Come on, you remember you had a Four Loco? Come on. I mean, maybe they were, but my friends were drinking a steady stream of vodka soda lime, okay? (laughs) You could do worse than that. Introduced in 2005, Four Loco. So I think you were, were you in college? I don't know. Yeah, that was my freshman year of college. Okay. Shout out the go. 2005 Atlanta basketball team. Shout out Darren Williams. Shout out Darren Williams. All right, Steve, you ready for a review so we can wrap this thing up? Yes. Okay. Review. First of all, if you haven't already, please head to Apple Podcasts, search for Small Talk, subscribe to it, rate it, preferably five stars, and leave a review like this person. Subject line, comeback kid, five stars. Oh, this is our reviewer that called Missouri the butthole of America. <laughs> 
He says, I felt bad after my initial comments about Missouri as I was heated in the moment, and I do think Indiana won about five picks too low in the draft, but I love the draft. A++ content. I usually agree with all things Saruti, but Michelle clearly won the draft. Colorado, Tennessee, and Oregon were all great picks. Shout out to the pod. Keep the content rolling. Thank you, Luke, for that review. Glad we got you back. Thank you for that review. Appreciate it. Even though you're not on my side, I think you are wrong. Um, it's okay. But can I throw a fun fact at you, too, speaking of some Missouri slander? Oh, sure. Always. So in doing some research on these states and trying to figure out comparing players and teams or whatever, did you know that the most forgettable state in the entire country is Missouri? I disagree. Well, I mean, it's not a, it's not something you agree or disagree on. It's a literal scientific fact. This group did a study. I think it was actually uh, Sporkle. Remember, like, the, the quiz website where you, like, name shit or whatever? It's, it was awesome in college. No, I was cool. Basically, they found that the most people, when taking a, a quiz of what all the 50 states are, like, naming the 50 states, the one that was most forgotten was the state of Missouri. Oh, you mean to tell me that more people didn't forget Delaware? Listen, I'm just reporting the facts. Don't kill the messenger here, Michelle. I know this is hard to take, but Missouri was the one that most people forgot. Now, they theorized it was because there are so many states that begin with M that they're like, I don't know, Missouri maybe just gets lost in the shuffle. But I just think it's because, eh, I don't know, maybe Missouri is pretty forgettable. Again, I don't identify Missouri, so I'm not as offended by this as you might think. I just think, in general, I would forget a lot of states before I would forget Missouri. I would agree. I thought it would be Delaware, as you said, but I don't know. It's a flyover state. People forget about it. I don't know. Although it's like, it's not even really a true flyover state. Like a flyover state would be something west of that. Okay, Steve, without looking, how many states can you name that begin with M? Go. Uh, okay. Uh, Mississippi, Missouri, Montana, Maryland, Michigan. Mm-hmm. Don't look. Um, how many do I have total? How many are there? You've got five and there's one, two, three, eight. You got three left. Three left. Uh, Minnesota. Yep. I'm dying that you're forgetting. Maine. Yep. Maine. I'm dying and at the I'm one. I'm missing one more. I'm dying at the one you forgot. Oh, Massachusetts. Yes. Boom. Look at me. Wow. Up. Wow. Somebody, I thrived in geography class. Don't worry about it. Proud of you, but also dying that you almost forgot mass, which was your overreach state <laughs> in the draft. I did. Imagine if I did that. <laughs> uh, I'd be such a hypocrite. Anyway, I, uh, I recovered quickly. We're good to go. Look at that. How many people can name nine M states? What's up? I think there was eight, but whatever. We'll, we'll, we'll just call it a clean sweep, Steve. You got 100% on the quiz. Good job. There you go. Nobody loves America more than me. Come on. Well, speaking of that, let's wrap this up so we can go about our way and have a wonderful 4th of July weekend. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you, Steve, for doing this. Steve and I will be back in action next week. But until then, have a wonderful, safe, and very patriotic 4th of July weekend. And don't forget about Missouri. Thanks for listening to Small Talk. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or the Podcast One app.